The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody? What a weekend in golf. Bryson DeChambeau taking the golf world by storm in those 380-yard drives, fighting with cameramen. We're going to talk all about that. And, of course, we're going to talk about this week's Workday Charity Open at Muirfield Village, the start of a two-week stint in Dublin, Ohio. I am Jason Sobel. He is Peter Jennings. You're listening to the Action Network Podcast. And, as always, we'll start with a couple of names I'll give you some young guys this week. I feel like the veterans are kind of waiting until next week's Memorial Tournament. The young guys might pop this week. Cameron Champ, Mav McNeely, Scotty Scheffler, a couple of young 20-somethings that I really like this week to be popping on that leaderboard. Peter, give me a couple of names you like that we're going to be talking about over the next half hour on the pod. I'm sticking with the young guns, too. Uh, I'll sound like a broken record. I'll be on John Rahm again this week. Uh, I expect some positive regression from him on the putting department, and he is going to win soon. On Colin Morikawa, um, again, who I think people might be off just a little bit after his first missed cut uh, and didn't play last week. So really like Morikawa. And then Billy Horschel is the guy I think has been – uh, burning me so far, but I think Billy Horschel uh, is not a young gun, but a player that I like a lot this week. I like those names. We're going to get into that and so much more at Muirfield Village. And in just a second, we're going to talk Bryson DeChambeau and everything that's going on with him right now. But first, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be announcing some exciting contests and promos for you, our beloved listeners. So stay tuned for those. And as a reminder, all summer long, Peter and I will be releasing PGA Tour betting previews to get you ready for these weekly tournaments. Plus, we've got Matthew Friedman, Chris Raybon, Sean Corner returning this week with their first of 15 NFL Fantasy Flex episodes leading up to week one of the NFL season. We'll have Stucky and Colin Wilson returning with college football conference previews soon, NBA betting episodes, NFL futures betting. We'll have so many great episodes coming on this podcast feed in the next eight weeks. You might even forget you haven't even hugged another living soul for the last three months, so get excited about that. One guy who wanted to do some hugging after the Rocket Mortgage Classic was over, is Bryson DeChambeau. Led the field in driving distance. Led the field in strokes gained off the tee. Led the field in putting. You don't have to be an analytical whiz like my guy Peter right here to understand that you do all of those things on a weekly basis, you're going to win a lot of money on the PGA Tour. Uh, thoughts right off the top on Bryson, Peter. Impressive week. Bryson was uh, as short of a favorite as you're going to see all year. Uh, paid off that six and a half to one if you bet on it. Incredible week in terms of the driving distance. Putted really well, which if he putts really well, it's going to be lights out for the majority of the tour. There's only a couple guys who can compete with Bryson when he's putting well. I didn't like the cameraman thing. We can, we can get into that in a little bit. But the biggest devastation for me was Matthew Wolf, who I was heavily uh, invested in mm-hmm. to win the tournament. So was not pulling for Bryson on Sunday, but congrats to him for winning. And uh, he's certainly the biggest story in golf, which you have eloquently uh, written about all over the Action Network. I have. So uh, a couple of different articles that I have out on the Action Network, on the Action Network app right now. The first one is that Bryson has moved to the top of the board for all three major championships coming up this year. 
Granted, it doesn't mean a whole lot. I had a bunch of buddies texting me throughout the day saying, really, Bryson, is, should he be the favorite? He's never finished better than 15th in a major championship. I said, look, everything's going to change, but it's a very smart move. And Peter, I'll see if you agree with this, that here's what the books do. The books say, okay, here's the hot hand right now. We're going to install him as, as the favorite at the major championships. What's going to happen is Sobel's going to sit down at his laptop and peck out uh, on the keys – a little story about how we have made him the favorite. And then they're going to go on their podcast. They're going to talk about how we've made him the favorite. And all of a sudden our books have gotten all this free advertising and free marketing. So I think there's something to that when installing Bryson is the favorite for the majors. And the other part of this, and as I wrote about also in a separate piece is that Bryson to me is absolutely the most polarizing player in golf right now. He might be the most polarizing athlete or one of them in the world. And the fact that, there are a lot of people who really like what he's doing. Hey, he had to work hard to get to this point. He wanted to change his body, wanted to change his swing. He works as hard as anybody, if not harder, on the PGA Tour, and he deserves everything that he's getting right now. There are other people who say, eh, he's a little too smug. He's a little too whiny. You mentioned the camera thing. We'll get into that with the cameraman on, on Saturday during the third round. And, and, you know, maybe he's just a little too jacked. And, and I think some people are fearful that – the game of golf and everything we've known about it for the last however many hundreds of years could change, bang, just like that in an instant. Now that Bryson has figured out, hey, hit it as far as you possibly can. Get beefy and bulky and get some muscle mass and get your swing speed up there. Hit it as far as you can. Hit a wedge on the green. Make a putt. And that's the formula right now to winning golf tournaments. And so – um, I think people are just a little bit worried about what the future portends now that Bryson has shown us this blueprint. And if he finds success over the second half of the year, Peter, I, I don't see how a guy like Rory, a guy like Justin Thomas, even Brooks Kepku's, who's, you know, got some muscle mass already, how they don't come out in January of 2021 with a little more weight and a little quicker swings. Oh, so much to unpack there. The first thing is, I agree with you on all those guys, except maybe Justin Thomas. Uh, I think Justin Thomas is getting the most out of his body that he possibly could. <laughs> That's probably. I don't know. I don't know if he could put on the weight. Um, and and it's amazing. Uh, I love JT. Great for the game. Uh, it's amazing that he's able to generate so much clubhead speed uh, with his body. But I do think that we're going to start to see that. I think what you know. There's a couple questions around the body transformation. One, a lot of people are wondering how he's done it. You mentioned it. I admire his work ethic and how he's doing everything his own way. I think that's great. And uh, you like to see the results for people who, uh, you know, do things their own way and put in the hard work. So there's that part of it. But people are certainly wondering, you know, how he's gotten his body to this point. And around that is, you know, can he stay healthy? And that's that to me is uh, the really interesting question. Uh, you know, other PGA Tour players talk about. Oh, I hope he stays healthy. Uh, you know, I'm wondering about it. You know, a lot of those PGA Tour players do not want him to stay healthy because of how much he's changing the game. Um, but I personally, of course, you know, you know, I'm not competing against him. I hope that he does stay healthy, and I, I hope, uh, you know, he continues to win golf tournaments. But it's very interesting. He certainly is polarizing, like you mentioned. Uh, love the way that he goes about things from an analytical standpoint. And you know, Tiger Woods had great comments on him a couple of years ago that are certainly true today. That the PGA tour tweeted out. So uh, for the most part, I'm a big Bryson fan and uh, I'm really encouraged by this. I touted him as maybe the next up and coming thing when he first came out and that proved not good to tell. be right initially. And now I feel a little good, good that he, he's playing well, but 
yeah, there's a lot of question marks. Uh, the health to me is, is a really big one. I mean, it's just a lot of strain on the body to be swinging that hard uh, and playing a lot of golf. I have not heard him say this, but when it comes to longevity, I wonder if he's got the same mindset as Jason Day, who has often said, look, I'm going to swing as hard as I possibly can. And if I get to 40 and I can still play and still swing a golf club, great. And if I can't, then that's fine too. And I've done everything I can with it in my prime years. And maybe Bryson is thinking in those terms. Maybe he's saying, look, I've got this window of the next 10 years where I'm going to put my body through a lot. I'm going to swing the club as hard as I can. And by the time I'm 35 years old, I might not be able to do it anymore, but I will have won X amount of tournaments and X times a million uh, dollars out there. And, and I will be able to uh, live a very comfortable life for the rest of my life without having to play golf past that. So uh, that is part of that. And um, I would also throw in when, when we're talking about Bryson that um, yes, he's polarizing, but it's good for the game. I love players who inspire passion. Uh, one guy I always bring up whenever I'm talking about this argument is Brant Snedeker. Brant Snedeker, unless you went to Vandy, unless you're a Tennessee guy, I mean, you, you don't love Brant Snedeker. You like him. Yeah, he's a good guy. I hope he wins. hope he plays well. Uh, but there aren't a whole lot of people really into Brant Snedeker. That said, no one doesn't like him. No one's like, oh, Brant Snedeker, I hate that guy. Nobody says that unless he really had, you know, he had a bad beat on him once or, or something like that. You don't dislike Snedeker. So when I talk polarizing, that's what I mean in that there are a lot of people on either side of the fence right now about Bryson, and everybody's got an opinion on him, which I think is a good thing for the game. And, and one last thing on Bryson is that the way he's changing the game, it reminds me of Moneyball in baseball, using the analytics to your advantage. It reminds me of in the NBA when teams figured out, hey, if we shoot three-pointers, those are worth more than two-pointers, and we can score more, and the team that scores more – wins these games and so Bryson has figured out hey uh, the analytics are there we've known the analytics for a long time it's the opposite of the old drive for show putt for dough cliche it's uh drive for drive for dough out there now and the further you hit it the better chance you have of getting it close and being able to make birdie the more birdies you make uh the more you're going to win golf tournaments and Bryson showed it once again this weekend Peter Oh, he did. And the driving is incredible. And I don't care how big you've gotten or whatever. Like I've seen plenty of guys who can hit a baseball mile and can swing super hard. And when they connect and it goes straight, it's incredible to watch them hit a golf ball, but very, very hard to keep the golf ball going straight, no matter how hard you swing. And it's that much more impressive that he's able to hit the ball so straight relatively with an incredible swing speed and ball speed. So, so much admiration for Bryson. He's absolutely changing the game. I think it's great for the game of golf, like you mentioned. And I'm rooting for him in a big way. And I would have endorsed him even more, but the cameraman thing really bothered me. Uh, me too. Just a tone-deaf response. He doubled down on a Twitch feed on Sunday night. It's just Bryson needs a little PR help in this area. That guy's doing his job. Look, basically what Bryson is saying is that any of us in the middle of our office during work time hours throw a temper tantrum and then blame everybody else around us for watching us while we have the temper tantrum. Look, dude – it ain't that guy's fault, and it ain't the TV producer's fault, and it ain't anybody else's fault. If you're throwing a temper tantrum on the golf course, they are doing their jobs, and they are telling the story of what is going on out there. And so I think Bryson needs to understand that, and he needs to uh, maybe get a little bit more mature with uh, his behavior on the golf course if, indeed, he is going to be worried about these things. Uh, when I get to the Workday Charity Open, the first ever Workday Charity Open, if you don't know what it is, well, we're going to tell you all about it in just a second. But first, we are calling on all listeners of the Action Network podcast to head to Apple Podcasts. Give us 
a five-star rating and write a quick review. Why five stars? It's as high as it goes. It only takes about 30 seconds to do. We would really appreciate it. Not sure how to do it? Well, if you're listening right now on an iPhone, go to Apple Podcasts, tap the Action Network Podcast tile, scroll all the way down the episodes list, and there at the bottom, you'll see ratings and reviews. The whole podcast crew really appreciates the effort, especially our producer, Matt Mitchell, and it's definitely what Bryson DeChambeau would want you to do. So moving on to the Workday Charity Open. No Bryson this week, but we're at Muirfield Village where this is going to be a little different, a little kinder, gentler Muirfield Village. The tee boxes uh, in, uh, in many occasions throughout the week are going to be moved up. There's going to be shorter rough. It's sometimes an inch to an inch and a half shorter than it will be next week for the Memorial. And the green speeds will be about two feet slower on the stint meter than they'll be next week. That said, we've got a great field, Peter. Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Patrick Cantley, Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama, Justin Rose, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, Sanjay M, Patrick Reed, some of the top names on the board. Uh, let's start with that top tier. Who's popping? What names are you looking at from this group this week? Well, I'm on John Rahm again. It's uh, another day ending in Y. Uh, I've been happy <laughs> on John Rahm since, uh, you know, we came back from break and I think John Rahm is uh, a world-class player, probably very polarizing, and I think people would scoff at I still think he's, for my money, probably better than Bryson, although it's getting very close now by the numbers. Uh, Bryson's going to be right in that same range with Rory and Rahm. I had those guys as kind of a tier above before, but yeah, Rahm for me is, is probably one of the more underrated guys out there now. I think he's an absolute lead player who's going to win a ton, and he's hit the ball really well. Uh, coming off the break, he has just not putted well, especially from that six to ten foot range. And historically, John Rahm has been a guy who makes a ton of those putts. So I expect John Rahm to uh, to play really well. I think this is a, a good setup for him. And uh, I do like JT a lot as well, but he's the, mm -hmm. the betting favorite and more expensive on drafting. So I'll buy John Rahm at a discount, which I imagine is going to go away once uh, he inevitably gets a, a win here soon. Three of the top tier guys, by the way, I like that ROM call. Three of the top tier guys that I like this week are Patrick Cantley, Hideki Matsuyama, and Justin Rose. Now, all of them in their own way are playing pretty well and, and kind of uh, trending in the right direction going into this one, but they all have very nice records at Muirfield Village. Now, based on the information that I just gave a few minutes ago, probably shorter distances off the tees, less rough than we'll see at the Memorial, Short, or, uh, slower green speeds how much course history should we take into account this week and i'm struggling with with it peter i i'm not sure i obviously it's the same golf course so a lot of your sight lines will be the same just your vibe around the golf course will be the same if you played well there you probably kind of feel a little extra bounce in your step when you get there um that said it's going to kind of feel and look like a little bit of a different golf course based on everything we know about how it's going to play for this week as opposed to next yeah, it's a, a great point, and I do think you have to discount history just a little bit, but I still think there's a lot of value there. You know, I'm not a course history truther by any means. There's definitely predictive value. A lot of that's captured in course fit and other things, but uh, it still has merit, and I think it's something we want to look at. You know, I, I think it's going to help the worst putters for sure, given uh, the slower greens. Um, that should be beneficial for them. And then less rough uh, and shorter tee boxes makes it interesting. Uh, I think Based on the way I'm looking at it, there's going to be a lot of shots from the fairway for these guys. And, uh, you know, the best wedge and iron players should have a nice advantage. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Uh, I think you can make an argument on both sides, given uh, the different setup. But 
I think it's still important, discounted a little bit. And uh, I think, you know, driving the golf ball next week is going to be imperative. This week, I think it's important, but not nearly as important as the following week where the rough will be much more penal. And you make a great point. And it's one that I wrote in my preview this week that if anything, I think we're going to see less disparity between the good putters and the bad putters this week. And uh, what I mean by that is that uh, the guys who usually putt really well on green speeds that are normally 13 or whatever they might be in a regular PGA Tour event, well, it's going to be a little tougher on them when they're slower. And the guys who normally don't putt well on green speeds of 13 doesn't mean they're going to putt great, but I just think the differential is going to be a little bit less. And a few guys that I've targeted uh, based on that, Keegan Bradley, Hideki Matsuyama just mentioned his name, Yun An, guys who are sort of notoriously – poor putters, but really good ball strikers. Maybe we give them a bump this week based on the fact that they are putting on different greens than they normally do. That's the name of the game for me. I like all those guys a lot of weeks. So that type of player is someone I often target that thinks a little undervalued in betting in DFS just because there's so much variance in putting. But specifically this week, I think that makes a lot of sense. And the Matsuyama call is a very strong one. Uh, amazing ball striking, just that putter. It's it was tough to sweat him making the cut. Uh, had a great Saturday round, but man, that putter is uh, is inconsistent at best. I read somewhere uh, someone made a good point. I believe it was Rob Bolton with PGA Tour who said that um, Hideki is used to slower green speeds from being back in Japan, and so this could remind him of being at home with some slower speeds this week. So uh, that might help him. Let's get into the guys, sort of the. 40 to 50 to 1, 60 to 1 range and above, sort of this mid-tier. I, I think there are a lot of really good plays in this range. Uh, I'll go down the list with a couple of guys that I like. Gary Woodland, really like him this week. Gary Woodland's been playing well. A miscut, I believe, in his last start before that. Had been swinging it really well, third and the 14th coming out of the break. Matthew Fitzpatrick has bones. That's right, the bones on the bag this week and I believe next. And uh, that can't hurt. He's going from... Billy Foster to uh, Jim McKay, which is like having Mike Trout pinch hit for Bryce Harper. So I, I like that one. We mentioned Ben on Scotty Scheffler's guy who went 79-65 last week. I, I have no idea what to think of that other than I like Scotty Scheffler. He won in Columbus on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. Different course, but same region of the country, not too far away at the Ohio State Scarlet course. So I do like Scotty Scheffler this week. And then uh, my favorite outright bet, just because, you know, I wanted to jump on a bigger number this week, and I think he's trending in the right direction, that's Cameron Champ, who I mentioned off the top. Uh, we saw what Bryson could do with length last week, and uh, if that trend continues, then Cameron Champ might be the guy that we can watch out for this week. Uh, we tend to look at Morikawa and Hovland and Wolf and Im and Neiman and all these young players, and uh, for whatever reason, we don't necessarily – put Cameron Champ in the same group, but he absolutely deserves it. He's a two-time PGA Tour champion already. Um, none of the other guys are. So uh, Champ should be in that conversation. He's playing much better, a 12th place finish last week in Detroit after getting into the field on Wednesday afternoon. So uh, any of those names, guys that you like this week or anybody else on that list that uh, in that mid-tier that you're looking at? Totally agree on Cameron Champ and a really nice Sunday round from him. Two guys that I think we could see experiment with just going nuclear long are Cameron Champ and Tony Finau. I think both those guys have a little extra in the tank. Champ already the longest guy out there. Bryson's rapidly caught up, and, you know, I think they're 
having similar ball speed and swing speeds in a lot of their drives now. But Champ, uh, I can see him getting a little more aggressive uh, with his distance here down the road after seeing what Bryson's doing. And Tony Finau, who's not in the field, uh, is someone that I could see absolutely uh, experiment with going a little bit longer. So we'll see what, what transpires there. But love the uh, call on Cameron Champ. Uh, I think it's a, a nice number on him this week, and he's really enticing for DFS with his upside. ton of guys that I like. More cows at the very top of this range, that 35 to 40 to 1 range. I think this is a great golf course. He's the best iron player in the world. You know, after that, yeah, I think Kokrak uh, in this range makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense. Billy Horschel, who I mentioned, those are some of the guys that, that I'm looking at. Love the names that you mentioned, and I'll be dying on this hill all year until I'm, I'm you know, really proven wrong with the ball striking stats. Jordan Spieth is 50 to 1. I probably will be short Jordan Spieth another week. Uh, I hope he can continue to play decently, maybe find a really good weekend here. But uh, in the short term, I'm still going to be short Jordan Spieth with the driving stats. Yeah, my big fade this week is actually a guy who's a Muirfield Village member. But Jason Day just has a terrible record at this golf course. So one top 25 finish in 11 starts, even though he lives nearby, apparently sleeping in his own bed doesn't really work too well for him. It hasn't over the years, and there's nothing in his recent form to show us that he's about to break out of things. So uh, I am fading Day. And another guy with local connections, uh, Jason Kokrak, you mentioned the name. I liked him this week, and then I went back and looked. He, he grew up in Northeast Ohio, not too far from the Dublin area. And then you go look at, at what he's done here in the past, and there's really no past history to, to speak of. So that makes me kind of think twice about Jason Kokrak just a little bit, but uh, I'm with you. I do like him this week. I want to get to this lower tier. I'm going to throw out a few names that I like, and uh, let's see if any of these guys get you to. Jonathan Vegas, who we talk about a lot on this pod. Yes, guy is just clearly undervalued every single week. Sebastian Munoz, I know, is another guy that you like again even though he had a miscut last week. He's a very good ball striker. Depending on how low we want to say low is, uh, I think Matt McNeely is a good play there. Keegan Bradley, those guys aren't too low. Uh, Sung Yul No is a guy, and again, we talked about Kevin Chappell last week, um, and, and he had a bad final round in Detroit, but we had watched him during the streaming live coverage of PGA Tour Live on Sunday morning in Connecticut, and we both liked him for Detroit, and hey, he was right there going into the final round, and then he blew up on Sunday. But you can learn things by watching this. And I watched yesterday Sung J.M. playing with Sung Yul No, and No showed me some things. No's uh, striking the ball pretty well. So I like him. And if you want to go super deep, and I'm talking like, you know, a top 20 play out of nowhere, a very, very low cost. In fact, the lowest cost you can get DFS play. Bo Hogue grew up right down the street from Muirfield Village and knows the area. This is like his Super Bowl this week. Uh, don't be surprised if Bo Ho gets a little extra motivated for this one and goes out and plays well. All right. I like that call. Uh, front of the pod, Pat Mayo, uh, that was his outright bet off the bat. So uh, I like that. Uh, the low end, I think, is really interesting. There's a lot of guys, uh, kind of probably more mid-tier, but uh, at the top of this range or at the bottom of the mid-tier, Corey Connors, if you're going to take the bad putter angle and great ball striking, he is kind of the poster child for that with Byung Hun on. Uh, I liked him this week, uh, kind of in that 85, 90 to one range. Uh, agree with you on a lot of the names that you brought up. I especially like Vegas, who I think is a really strong play. Luke List, the bomber, bad putter, starting to play well. Uh, decent finish. Uh, he played bad on Sunday, but uh, made some noise on Saturday last week. I, I like his power and ball striking. Same could be said for Matt Wallace, who I was pretty heavy on last week as well. And then, you know, there's some guys that I just think consistently are a little undervalued. Von Taylor, Aaron Wise. 
there's a lot of those plays that I think are worth considering this week. Um, you know, it's some longer numbers where we do have a strong field, but you're getting some nice value uh, on some of these guys that are, you know, high variance. Von Taylor's more of a DFS play. Aaron Wise would be more betting play. Yeah, one other thing I would look at this week is guys who have a propensity for going low at easier events. There's a certain guy, Keith Mitchell is a guy that I looked at, mm-hmm. and I thought, man, you know, he might be a good sort of low-owned DFS play, low-price guy on the board. Keith Mitchell does his most damage at events like where he won at the Honda, where the score, the final score is closer in relation to par than being 20-something under. And I, I think this is going to be another birdie fest. And I'm looking for guys who can go extra low, who have an extra gear, who aren't afraid to make uh, seven, eight, nine birdies in a round. And so um, I think those are the guys that are really going to find you some success this week. Pete, you ready to do this uh, DFS lineup that we always do every week? I am very ready this week. And uh, hopefully we can find – let's draft the Millionaire Maker winning team. Let's, let's just ship the Millionaire Maker right here. Let's just ship it. I, I think you leave a little money on the board this week because I think there is some uh, some plays. All right. I will take the first pick, and I'm going to spend money, and I'm going to go John Rahm, who I have heavy conviction on this week. All right. John Rahm has not played great. Last three starts since the break, nothing in the top 30, which is very un-Rahm-like. You can either say, well, I don't like Rahm because he hasn't played great lately, or you can say the law of averages states that John Rahm is going to come back with a vengeance at some point. And having the week off last week, may have just recharged him to start playing a little bit better. I, I've talked about Cameron Champ so much over the last 20 minutes or so that there's no way I can leave him off my list. At 7,700, I think he's a really strong play this week. Lock him in, Cameron Champ. All right, we got some serious firepower uh, off the bat. I like that quite a bit. I'll spend a little more money again, and I'll go with uh, – yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Colin Morikow. And, and just one more thing on uh, John Rom 2020 – He's still number two in the all-around ranking on the PGA Tour. Uh, Bryson's number one now, but John Rahm is always right there. In 2019, he was third. Uh, I mean, he's just a guy that I think will regress in terms of his scoring. So, love John Rahm. I'll spend a little bit more money with Morikawa, and now we can get into the value tier. Colin Morikawa in the lineup. Peter, I went and looked at Morikawa's stats when coming off a miscut. You know what he's done in his pro career? (laughs) What what stats could you possibly have? Nothing. Yeah, there are no stats because he's never missed the cut before. So uh, we are in uncharted waters for uh, Colin Morikawa, but I, I don't um, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue for him whatsoever. So we've got three players locked in already. We've got 22,200 left to spend, 7,400 per player. So I don't want to go too low, but I still want to get a guy that I really like. Uh, Gary Woodland, I mentioned at 8,300 is a guy that I really like this week. Again, another bomber. I mean, we're getting guys that can just absolutely be a, a stripe show in this lineup. So uh, Gary Woodland's a guy that I think is really uh, uh, trending in the right direction. He's ready to pop at some point soon. Okay. I'll throw out another name that uh, I didn't mention earlier, but uh, had some exposure last week. Uh, another guy hits the ball a long way uh, and has some upside too. Uh, we have 6950 so not that much money left to spend. So I'll go with Sam Burns at 6900 uh, you know, a pretty good finish last week. I'll take it. T uh, 30 week before that, he was 24th, missed the cut, the RBC heritage, but certainly a talented player. And at 6,900, I think he's a pretty good DFS play. Yeah. I was on Burns a, a lot last week, actually in a lot of lineups and uh, yeah, he's, he's playing well, had him for a first round leader last week and he came up just a little bit short, but uh, definitely playing well right now. So I do like that play and I'm kind of 
scrolling through the list here. I mentioned Sung Yul No. He's sitting there at 6,800. Sebastian Munoz at 6,800. Luke List there at 7,000. So is Troy Merritt, who played really well. Uh, he played with Bryson on Sunday. Uh, of those names, Peter, what should we agree on here? I like all those names. I agree with you on No, by the way. Just the, the eye test with the swing. I mean, he has a very, very beautiful swing that looks consistent. So I like that. Um, you know, Luke List is just showing some really nice form recently. Uh, he won on the Corn Ferry, correct? He won on the Corn Ferry 21st last week. That was a sneaky little 21st. Um, 72 in the final round. But, uh, yeah, this yeah. could be a good Luke List week. God, Troy Merritt, I like Merritt. I think Merritt's a much better player than he gets credit for. He's won mm-hmm. on the PGA Tour. He's had a couple of other, like, big-time good results. Uh, see, Kim is right there as well. I don't want to list too many guys. Richard Waranski had a nice week last week. Sebastian Munoz, though, I keep coming back to Munoz. I, I'm fine Even after I, that miscut. I know, I I know you like him. Last week, so. He's missed – He's missed two cuts in a row. Ugh, I can't do it. I, I like Munoz. I can't do it. The results aren't there. Uh, we're going with Luke List. Okay. I like it. I like this team. I might regret it. and We haven't left any money on the table, but I can't imagine this is a very chalky lineup right here. So if you want to tail us, the final lineup is Sam Burns, Cameron Champ, Luke List, Colin Morikawa, John Rahm, and Gary Woodland. I like that team. That, that is a stripe show team. We might not make any putts this week, I'm telling you, we're going to mash the ball all over Muirfield Village. I like it. I mean, I think we went with that narrative. Call more cow. We didn't talk about his putting. Uh, it's certainly been his Achilles heel so far on the PGA Tour. Uh, we're going to bank on that regression for the putting. Uh, the, you know, the good putters are going to be a little bit worse. The bad putters might benefit. Uh, we converge all those things. This team has the ball striking to compete with anyone. So uh, I really like it a lot and uh, should be a fun week. I'm uh, interested to see how different these two courses or how this uh, plays this week as the same course versus next week. So should be a lot of fun and uh, just happy we have the PGA Tour. Those course superintendents, the groundskeepers, are going to get their money worth uh, this next fortnight as they uh, set up basically the exact same golf course in two different ways. We're going to get final thoughts on the Workday Charity Open in just a second. But first, we are – Once again, calling on all listeners of the Action Network podcast to head to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, write a quick review. Only takes about 30 seconds. Not sure how to do it? Well, you're listening right now on iPhone. Go to Apple Podcasts, tap the Action Network podcast tile, scroll all the way down the episodes list, and there at the bottom, there it is, ratings and reviews, five stars every single time. Peter, final thoughts on the Workday Charity Open. Anybody else that we didn't mention that you wanted to get in there? I think we hit on a lot of the guys. I was going to give uh, Justin Rose a shout-out. I think the equipment change could really be a lot of signal. Uh, I'm excited to see him play well and certainly has the history here. So that's another one, and I'm definitely going with that putter angle uh, as we record here on Monday evening. I think that's a a strong one that you can look at, and then next week we'll uh, have to adjust for the way the course is going to play. You and I have been doing this too long together because basically I set you up for that so that when you mentioned a player's name, I was going to come back with, well, we really didn't mention Justin Rose, except you just stole my thunder there. You went with Justin Rose. I'll, I'll throw out one more name. I mentioned him right off the top. Maverick McNeely is coming into his own a little bit right now. Again, all these young guys, I mentioned it with Champ, and we had Morikawa in that lineup. Hovland's played so well, we barely touched on Hovland and what he's done, four top 25 since the break. Sungjae Im. Uh, Matthew Wolf, obviously, in the final pairing this past Sunday. But uh, don't forget about Maverick McNeely, who is such a strong collegiate player, great junior and amateur career. 
Uh, Maverick McNeely with a top 10 last week in Detroit. And uh, I like him a lot at the number he's at, maybe a top 20 at five to one this week. Peter, thank you so much. We are the Action Network Podcast. He's Peter Jennings. I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks for listening. Here's hoping you guys hit the green. We're finished talking.